everybody welcome back to brian and dylan take on the world episode number three we hope you had a chance to check out the bonus episode we did on friday with the level up lore podcast guys and today we are counting down the top five video games from our childhood a really interesting topic that dylan came up with i'm super excited to go into it and i hope you guys are as excited to listen to it so without further ado this is brian and dylan take on the world Full ping bong. Brian and I ran out of things to say in the opening, but welcome back. Yes, hello. To, to episode, I think this is, we're, we'll call this episode three. It's not going to be 2.8 like the last time. Right, yeah. This isn't a bonus episode. This is a real episode. Episode three, which we will be doing top five video games from our childhood. Uh, but Brian, real quick, I actually, I, I want to touch on the interview you did with Level Up Laura. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, that was the first time I had listened to it. Um, since you recorded, since I was unable to attend, but uh, that was a very good interview. Thank you. Those yeah, guys... I had a lot of fun with them. They're super cool guys, really interesting what they're doing, and I hope uh, people check out the podcast, not just for our numbers, but so that they go and check out the Level Up Lore podcast as well. They did. They definitely seem like cool guys. I think the, the, the them talking about their past was, was really cool. It was cool to see how they did things yeah. a little bit differently than us, uh, but we're still kind of on the same path but yeah i really hope to uh link up with them again soon uh they definitely seem like cool dudes so definitely check out level up lore absolutely and i I expect we'll work with them more in the future i hope so i hope so so brian i'm not coming in with a hot rant this week i am going to quickly bring up we're gonna actually go go back to the oscars one more time because there was something i totally forgot to rant about and that is uh, the memorandum, the memorandum. Am I saying that correctly? I believe so. At least it's As, close enough to where people. Uh, know what I, I, I'm not. Yep. So anyway, they left out three people that I am so shocked they left out. So I'm gonna go down the list in order of how like shocked I am. So first, I am going to bring up. Hold on, I'm pulling my list up. Pulling my list up. You know, I'll just go with first. The very first one is Powers Booth. Do you know who that is? Indeed, I do. He uh, most recently was probably on Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. if anyone checked out that show. And then he's one of the faceless people in the Avengers on yep. the monitors near the end. He's just known for his really, like, amazing voice. So the movie I know him best for, which is like a top 25 movie for me, is Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Right. He plays Curly Bill in that. And I will just say... The fact that he didn't get in just because of that movie is so upsetting because I'm going to – like more than half those people, I didn't even have any idea of who they were. And I guarantee you people would know the name Powers Booth. Right. So very upset about that. Don't fully understand it. Moving on to number two is Frank Vincent, mm-hmm. who you would know from Goodfellas because he plays Billy Bats. Right. He's also Phil Leotardo in The Sopranos, which we will be talking about shortly. Mm-hmm. He was basically like the final bad guy in yep. the final season of Sopranos. He was also in Casino and Raging Bull. All three of the movies we named, Goodfellas, Casino, Raging Bull, all Oscar-nominated movies. Mm. Don't have any idea how he was left out <laughs> because he's a very recognizable face. And he was in The Sopranos, which is top five TV shows for a majority of people. Yeah, I would say uh, right up there like in terms of TV history with shows like Lost. I, I know people have mixed feelings on those, but in terms of important shows that really catapulted TV into like the 
uh, generation that we have now where TV is maybe even a better place to tell long form compelling stories than movies. Mm -hmm. So let down. I I was very let down, but my number one, and I, if, the, if you weren't upset by this, you're not human. <laughs> Adam West was let out yeah. of the memorandum. Like, I, I don't understand it. He's very well known as the cheesy Batman from the 60s. Yeah. He's even more well known with younger people because he was in Family Guy. Yes, yeah, a recurring I, character. Very funny. I loved him for both. He seemed like an awesome person in general. Yeah. Uh, most old people are. They're either like horrible people or they're like they're nice. But right. he seemed he seemed great. I don't know how he was left out. It's upsetting. It upsets me. It upset me so much that I forgot to mention it last week, and then I remembered it, and it re-upset me all over again. Right. Hey, man, that's fair. I mean, Adam West is amazing. I don't. And it's so sad he wasn't on this. And I don't like. They've been dead most. I think all three of them died in the summer, mm. or I think Powers Booth might have died a few months ago. But uh, I'm pretty sure Adam West died in the summer, and uh, Frank Vincent died in the summer as mm. well. So, plenty of time. I Like I said, I didn't know half the people in there, maybe even more than half, like 75% never even heard of them. I understand there were people like behind the scenes that were doing editing and things like that, but mm-hmm. still, I don't understand how you leave out three, maybe I'd say like C-list, B-list people. I'd, say, I'd even maybe put Adam, Adam West at upwards of A, just based on his mark with mm-hmm. the Batman franchise. Right. So, uh, that's my segment of what is grinding my gears sound and hey sounds good to me i'm glad to get that off my chest so with that uh, i want to cut into this week's top news yep which very slow week i have to be 100 percent honest with you but there are a few things that are major we'll start oh, Dylan, with you're telling me as someone who does <laughs> updates <laughs> we did an update about a twitch streamer getting 100,000 subs so that should tell you how amazing the news was this week the slow week but hey we are we're now recording on sundays which that means we're going to be semi-relevant now when our episode comes out but yeah, knowing I think our, it's much better to do it knowing knowing our luck a shitload of things are going to happen between mm-hmm. when we record this and when this drops tomorrow yeah this is something you have to accept like you'll never be right on it but our first top news is John Favreau got his own live action Star Wars series. Very good news. Which it's confirmed that it's going to be on Disney's streaming service with fuck. Now I have to get it because I, I'm pretty sure that all the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars movies are going to be taking off of Netflix and going on to that Disney streaming service once their agreements up, yep. which I, I think is actually relatively soon. And then obviously everything will be like things like, uh, Rebels and and the Clone Wars are going to be going on there yeah, as well. Not even to mention the like the Avengers movies and and I heard it's going to be something like fifteen dollars a month with which if something like a live action Star Wars TV series is going to be on it, I'm going to have to go into it mm-hmm. at an obligation. Yeah, I think but, I know. I think they know what they're doing. They're going to set up some really great content that you're not going to want to miss, and you're going to have to pay for it. I like John Favreau a lot. Nothing's really been announced about what it's going to be about. I hope it's something like Knights of the Old Republic. I was huge in that video game. Mm-hmm. Maybe it appears on my list later. Maybe it doesn't. But <laughs> I hope I, I hope they go in the past. I hope it's I want I want to get away from the Skywalkers. Yes. I want to get away from everything in the current films. We also now have two other TV two other movie series that have been announced, which will be the the Double Ds from Game of Thrones yep. have their own and. 
Ryan Johnston got his own series, his own, uh, yeah, series as well. I think he at least got like a trilogy announced. Yeah. I think, but I think the Double D's and Ryan Johnson both have their own trilogies. So, I mean, are we are we at the point now where we hit the alarm where maybe we have too much Star Wars? I think so. I don't think that's unfair. I. It's not a secret that I'm not a huge fan of The Last Jedi. Right. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a super great movie. I enjoy Force Awakens a lot more. I agree. Entirely. But I think it rightfully so opens up the debate. Is Star Wars overrated? <laughs> I think um, it's hard because it's so important, especially the original three. Well, I... Not to no 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 not to cut you off, but quickly I, I think that with with the original trilogy, I think a lot of the a lot of greatness is in nostalgia, because mm-hmm. we we kind of grew up with the prequels because they were coming out as we were like live, obviously, yeah. we we're uh, '90s kids in our formative years. Yeah, so I completely cut you off there, but I for some reason no, I had to get that out. Don't know why. Yeah, so you, I think what you're saying is maybe we feel more warmly to the prequels than uh the warrant just because we grew up with them i mean I, I revenge of the sith is a very good movie uh i phantom menace and clone wars i watch just because of like almost the same thing as the trilogy except they're actually the trilogy's good movies right is that just nostalgia those like i loved them when i was a kid before i knew what a majority like of the movies were. were yeah i'll still watch same. them when they come on like tbs mm-hmm. but I really do think that maybe we're at the point where we are starting to get too much Star Wars. Yeah, maybe take a couple of years off. We don't we don't need every year at least one. And now it's going to be like every year there's going to be maybe even more than one movie. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know, man. I get that they don't want to keep doing like the mainline story, but they want to keep making money, so it's hard. I think maybe the mistake is, and it was awesome at first when I first thought about it, especially when Force Awakens first came out when it was announced. I've never been more excited to see anything in a movie theater. Right. When I saw Force Awakens, I saw it three. I saw it Friday, Saturday. I saw it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh, the weekend it came out, <laughs> and I, I've never been more excited for a movie. And part of me thinks that maybe that blinded me because I've had, I had, I think Force Awakens is a really good movie. I ended up seeing it something like six times in the movie theaters. Right. I wonder if nostalgia played into that, that I liked it as much as I did because I just missed, I wanted a new Star Wars movie. And now I'm kind of like, well, maybe take like two, three years in between movies now that we have one every single year. Because I was super, super, I I was the most stoked you could be for Force Awakens. Rogue One came out. I was excited for that too. Mm -hmm. And then Last Jedi came out and I was like, yeah, you know, obviously I'm wicked excited for Star Wars. I'm wicked excited for Last Jedi because going into it, I was expecting nothing but greatness right and then maybe because it didn't it really didn't tickle my fancy all that much the first time i saw last jedi that maybe i started to lose the the joy the pure joy from just anything star wars Mm -hmm. but now that we have two new trilogies confirmed not including the ending to the one we're currently in Mm -hmm. a live action tv series and we have the already announced like the the uh, Star Wars stories movies, yeah. we, like we have Solo, and then apparently we have the Kenobi, which it's unconfirmed yet. But I the, I would actually still be very excited for that because anything with uh, with Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. like sign me up. Yeah, they keep like teasing that, like it's like a carrot at the end of the stick. They're like, oh, we're not gonna officially say it, but like it's coming, guys. But we we're not gonna officially say it. 
because there's a, there's at least one more a Star Wars story after Solo. Mm-hmm. That that part's confirmed. The topic of that movie hasn't been confirmed yet. Right. I'm d- I'm down with the Kenobi because there's actually a book that came out called Kenobi, which I've I'm not sure if it's Legends or if it's Canon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very very good. Right. It was it was it was all about once Kenobi got on to Tatooine. He dropped Luke off to his aunt and uncle, and then now he's kind of like just chilling on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much all about that. It was very good. So, I don't know. I I I, I mean, I'm gonna go see anything in Star and in, in the theaters for Star Wars like the day it comes out. There, there's nothing I can do about that because I'm a sucker for Star Wars. Right. But I think maybe it's time to slow down with how much Star Wars we're putting out because I do really think that there's a point where too much is too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I don't think that's unfair, and I think we're reaching a tipping point where uh, it might just move to apathy rather than and excitement. I think there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with us, and I think there's going to be a lot of people that there's going to be some people that agree with us, but I think a majority of people are going to disagree with us. Mm-hmm. And it pains me to say because I, five years ago I would have been begging for this. Right. Hey, you know, if they disagree, uh, tweet at us. Let us know your thoughts. Yes. We're not going to be upset that you disagree with us. No, I, hey, just click and subscribe yes. and rate. I don't care if it's a bad rating or not. Just, <laughs> exactly, just exactly. Help a brother out. So to move on to our next story, and like I said, it's a slow week. We have a confirmation that a Game of a Sopranos prequel movie is coming out. Mm. It has this been written. Interesting. David Chase has written a screenplay called The Many Saints of Newark, mm. which is being described as a prequel feature film for The Sopranos. Uh, and the title refers to the 1967 Newark riots, and the film will focus on a time when African Americans and the Italian of Newark were at each other's throats, and amongst the gangsters of each group, those conflicts become especially lethal. And it's taking since it's taking place in 1967. Obviously, they're not going to need a CGI James Gandolfini because he'll be six Thank years God. old. So I'm assuming it's going to focus on his uncle Junior and his and his father mm. who was alive at the time. Right. So. It's a great title. I do like that a lot. <laughs> it's like really like, even if it wasn't, if it, even if it didn't have anything to do with the Sopranos, it'd definitely be an eye-catching title for me. Yeah, I, I do like that title a lot. Uh, I like that it's not like a straight to HBO movie, but I, yes, I, I, I mean HBO because they put out the Entourage and Sex in the City and all that. Yeah, but I, I, I'm looking forward to this because uh, we were just talking about too much is too much with Star Wars, but. Something like The Sopranos, you know, it's coming back. It's not coming back as like a full TV series, like a lot of these shows that are being yeah, revived. I don't love that either. It's coming back as a prequel movie, a story that we don't really know anything about at all. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm generally really looking forward to this. I'm glad that I guess the rumors before were that before James Gandolfini died, that they were actually working on a sequel to The Sopranos tv series with with a movie like a sequel movie to explain what happened after that infamous just cut the black out of nowhere right so obviously james gandolfini died so that was kind of they weren't going to replace james gandolfini as tony soprano so now we have this prequel movie and i'm 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 really excited for it man two thumbs up i'm down for this there's no date announced or anything like that but the screenplay is completed so awesome i'm excited as well now, Brian, as we just talked about off air, you have never seen The Sopranos, which I've is never, never seen it either. Pure um, blasphemy. Yeah, no. Um, my parents love it, and they've tried to get me to watch it. It's just like one of those things where it's like time. Like, there's just too much content coming out, and yep. it's all coming out so fast. And it's like, where do you, where do you commit to something? 
I, I, something I, else, you know? I hear I have a, literally a list of shows that I said I'm going to watch right now that I have not watched yet. Next up on my list is Westworld, though. I've heard Westworld oh, is yes. the bee's knees. I have watched the first episode three times because I can't <laughs> get on to the second episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to end up just forcing myself to watch the second episode and hopefully it takes off from there. It's a little slow for me, but everyone's saying that this is like, this is the next greatest show ever type of show. So I personally think so. I love, love Westworld. So I will be, I will, I will be caught up before season two comes out. So maybe we'll both be caught up. Maybe we can do some, some reviews for season two. I would really enjoy doing that. I think maybe we could do like a second show where it's like the Westworld review show. Sure. Kind of yeah. like uh, Ben and I do the uh, big brother Canada review show. We could like, cause I know there are a lot of people in the group who are huge Westworld fans. So we could just like be cycling people on with us and be a good time. Cause like I said, I fucking love Westworld. I got. We might have to do one for the Sopranos too for your rewatch. Eventually, well, for my yeah. rewatch for your first watch. Yes. So I'm, I'd be very, very curious about your instant reactions to some of the things that happen. Absolutely. So we have one more story which I want to quickly touch up on, but our friends over at Those Fake Nerds, Brian and Starry Cosmic, are going to be covering this topic. Yeah, those so, are friends. Me and one other person. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a whole lot of friends. No. So. <laughs> Uh, there has been it has been announced that Super Smash Brothers is coming out for the Switch. Yes. Very exciting. Do you exciting. have a Switch? I don't have one yet. I don't, and it's, it makes me sad because I, I I want a Pro, I want a Switch. Well, I'm waiting for Pokemon. <laughs> like once they put a mainline Pokemon game on, game over. Like yeah, I yeah, yeah. Switch. But uh, yeah, people love love. Um, Super Smash Brothers. Like, I'm a, I'm a casual player. Like I'll jump on if somebody at a party has it. But I remember playing once and it actually had Solid Snake on it from Metal Gear Solid, and that that was really fun to me. So. Yeah, I guess he wasn't in the last one. I was disappointed about that because I went out talking. This is weird because those fake nerds is gonna come out after this, but I recorded it already, so mm-hmm. my timeline's all messed up. But uh, um, I was like, oh, is Solid Snake going to be in it? And Maggie was like, no, he was only in one. And I was like, that, that's disappointing. I didn't know that. I thought he, I thought he was just a recurring character. So yeah. uh, I'm still down for it, man. Super Smash Bros. Anything with Mario really just count me in. But mm-hmm. for more on that, jump over to those fake nerds on uh, Wicked Good Everything on YouTube. And they'll be doing a little bit of a further deep dive into it. Hell yeah. This is Synergy. We're getting it. All right. Let's, uh, let's move into the main event. And it's that time. Top five video games from our childhood. So, Brian, this is a topic I was actually really, really excited for. It's been about like a week and a half since we recorded, so I was getting angsty. But we talked about this. It's actually it was very, it was very, very fun to research. Right. But we're doing top five video games from our childhood, which our cutoff is going to be PS2, Xbox, and anything before that. So PlayStation One, PC. Mm-hmm. GameCube, N64, Super Nintendo, anything you can think of, anything before basically like 2006 maybe. Yeah, anything before the um, 
is it fourth gen when 360 PS3 Wii came out? I believe so, yeah. Maybe seventh gen. I don't know. Who cares? It wasn't, you know, this wasn't our childhood. Our childhood is the PS2 and before. Yes. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't get a PS3 until high school. And by that point, you know, I was a man, baby. So (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So I got to be honest, I broke the rules immediately with our top five. I have basically (laughs) six choices. I have a 5A and a 5B. But I literally could not choose between the two because they both had different impacts on my childhood and how much I loved them. All right, well, let's get into that. What are these two games that are vying for your number five spot? So, yes, I will go first. Uh, 5A is Kingdom Hearts. which it was tough not to put this on my list, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I originally had it a little bit higher, and I thought of a lot of other games, and so I bumped this back, but I really had to be on there. Kingdom Hearts 2002, hold on, I'm going to have the date for you in a second. Yep, came out in North America in September of 2002. I believe I got this like a few months after it came out because I wasn't like hip with getting games right at the moment when they came out. This game fucking blew me away. It was awesome. You know, you're still a kid. You play as Sora. You're partners with Donald 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 Duck and Goofy. Yeah. You're living. No, you're living in all. You go through all these different Disney worlds, like the Little Little Mermaid, Hercules. The first one, I think the first world you go to is actually 101 Dalmatians because you're in like that that little city. Yeah. Uh, what else do we cover? I think there's Hercules. Peter, uh, I think is Peter Pan the first. The Peter Pan is the first one or the second one. Definitely not a Brian question. I've never played any of the Kingdom Hearts games. Oh. I know, right? I missed out. That's... See, I blame that on being the oldest sibling, and then no one in like my family older than me, aunts, uncles, mom, dad, played video games, so I just had to figure it out on my own. That's... I wasn't that, woke. That's actually one of the more outrageous things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, Kingdom Hearts, man, it was... It was... It was... It was... It was like a near perfect game it was just so fun to play you're fighting the heartless there's like there's a side story i'm not going to do anything spoilers with these games these people in case people have never played them right. you're there's a side story there's a main story everything's involved with the disney world you're fighting the heartless there's a tie-in to the people that enjoyed the final fantasy games it's basically set in like a final fantasy-esque world because they're made by the same mm-hmm. same creators yeah it's really final fantasy meets disney uh, basically yep so you play as Sora, you're the key, I think it's the key master, it's been a while since I played, you're like the Keyblade master, mm. your partner's with Donald and Goofy, you're fighting through all these worlds to get to the to your objective. It's an awesome game, I loved it, I, I still have the copy on PS2, the first one, I don't have my PS2 anymore. Kingdom Hearts 2 was just as good, but I had to choose between the two, so I chose Kingdom Hearts 1. Hey, Apparently Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to come out before I die at some point. <laughs> I think I, I think hope, right? I think the rumblings is that it could potentially come out in 2018. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing that since like 2010. I know my uh, cousin um, was super psyched about the PS4 because he's like, "Yeah, man, can't wait to play Kingdom Hearts 3 on it." Mm-hmm. And I was in like 2011, and I was like, "Yeah, man, definitely." And we're still waiting. So if you're a poor soul like Brian who has never played Kingdom Hearts, please somehow find a way to play Kingdom Hearts. So there were a few remastered versions like we talked about mm. jokingly with our last episode when we named it 2.8. There was like Kingdom Hearts like 1.6 right. and then the second was remastered and it came with like a different side stories you didn't put in the original game. So I definitely recommend getting out there and getting those. This game, especially the first one, is fantastic. 
See, I would be more excited for the third one if it wasn't like 10 years. I think it's actually been longer than that. I think it's been like 12, 13 years since the second one came out. Yeah. We've, we literally skipped an entire generation yeah, for uh, PS3. The, I'm pretty sure there were rumors that entire generation. So I think there was coming out guys. It's going to happen. I think there was like rumors as a three, like immediately after two came out. Yeah. It's like, uh, the last guardian after, mm-hmm. um, Shadow of the Colossus. I remember watching the fucking Last Guardian trailer when I watched the PS4 be announced. Yep. And it was supposed uh, to be a PS3 game, and then it just never happened, and then we got it, and it wasn't that good. So hopefully, Kingdom Hearts doesn't follow in a similar path. Same thing with Days Gone, though, man. Like, we are we ever going to get this game? Uh, so, maybe not. PS5, I'm t- maybe. I'm, I'm like, I'm at a crossroads. I, I think I'm going to take Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out before Days Gone. Okay, yeah. Maybe though, but I've been I've been messed with for so long about when Kingdom Hearts three is gonna come out that I don't know what to believe. But they keep releasing like gameplay footage and shit, so I really cross my fingers that it's around the corner. Yeah, it's gonna be a hard choice um, when I get my PS five bundle. Which one to pick, the Kingdom Hearts or the Days Gone bundle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, twenty 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 one is gonna be a hell of a year. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what's what's your second number five? Your five B. My five B was. A life-changing game because almost everybody I know has played this. Backyard Baseball 2001 Ooh, on the PC. Choice. This game was so fucking fun. Came out in April of 2000. I was seven years old at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't. Even, I think I had like a Nintendo 64 still, mm-hmm. and I might have had like a PS1, but I was playing a lot of games on the computer at the time. And Backyard Baseball was hands down the one I would play probably pretty much like once a day at least. You build your team up with half pros, half the characters. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the best character in there was Pablo Sanchez. Of course. Everything about this game is fucking awesome. You had Dante Robinson, Dimitri Petrovic, Jorge Garcia, Ken Griffey Jr. and Derek Jeter were like the big ones back then. Yeah. But like the characters were memorable. You had Mr. Clanky, who was like the referee. He was like a commissioner. He was like an umpire. He like freaking did it all. Pablo Sanchez was a short, short Spanish kid who would hit home runs and run like a mile, a million miles an hour. Pete Wheeler was like, remember like he was like the dumb hick who was like wicked, wicked fast. I always batted him lead off. But like this game was just so much fun. And one of the funniest things you could do was you could like print out your team picture every time you played. So I would be playing and I like, I, every time I got a new team, I would like print out my team picture and put it on, the uh the fridge it made me yeah. feel special yeah it made me feel made me feel good about myself and i think like like you said it came out 2000 so we were literally the target demographic for the backyard sports yep. games yeah they were just they were just amazing too young and like not good enough at like the actual sports mm-hmm. games and so backyard baseball was perfect because you had the kids you still had the pros yeah so much fun i remember the, the announcers too i think they were uh sunny day and Vinny the gooch mm-hmm. <laughs> just those names alone. That yeah. it was just that that game is so good. I was originally gonna put it in my honorable mentions at the end, but I was there was no way I could because I just played this game so much. I loved this game so much. Yeah, you just did it. I completely forgot about this series, but like backyard baseball, basketball, football, all my soccer, day. hockey. Also, like yeah, uh, I so for me for me the baseball was by far the best, but mm-hmm. football and hockey, uh, football and uh, basketball is really good as well. Yeah, I liked in uh, basketball. There was one of the announcers, Barry DeJ. Yep. And if you put him in as a custom character, you just got maxed out stats. Yep. So you just ran with him as and like Pop- the MJ of it. 
Pablo Pablo Sanchez was I think he was good in every single game he was in. Right. He, he was just his when you first pick him up because he's like the shortest guy on the field. Like the bat is t- like twice as tall as him, mm. but he, this dude just hit home runs, just stole bases. Like, like I I think I always put him in the center field because he was so fast. Yeah. But Pablo Sanchez, man, that guy, that guy's in the hall. Should be in the Hall of Fame of ba- like the actual baseball Hall of Fame. Right. Why not? So let's move on to your top five, Brian. So coming in at number five is Crash Bandicoot for the PS One. Yep. Uh, I've been playing it. I've been playing the remaster, mm-hmm. and uh, it just reminded me of how amazing Crash Bandicoot is. Yep. I just love that game, dude. It's one of the, it's one of the first games I remember playing on the PlayStation. It's one of like the first games I have memory of playing because mm-hmm. I remember the very first level with the boulder. I remember at one point in that level, I would fall like in in the gap in, in on the cliff, like every single time I played because I was just like six years old and I just could not comprehend hitting a different button at one time. <laughs> but once I really got into Crash Bandicoot, like Crash Bandicoot Two, I think is Time Warp number three, I believe. So we got uh, Crash Bandicoot, then Cortex Strikes Back, then Warp yep. is number three. Yep. Yeah, Cortex was the bad guy, yeah. and the, and the Time Warp. Time Warp was really fun too because you were jumping like ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. you were jumping to like like a like a 2030 like japan like cry that's i haven't gotten the remastered version yet and i'm really kicking myself because it i gotta feel once i start playing you have to you have to get it it's so fun it's hard Um, too i I didn't remember how hard it was so the original came out in 1996 um developed by naughty dog yep so uh you guys maybe you know naughty dog from uh some of the best games ever uh the uncharted and um the last of us series you might have heard of those. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I actually, I didn't. I never realized though that Naughty Dog actually ended up selling the rights to mm-hmm. uh, to Crash Bandicoot to Activision. Yeah, so they don't own it anymore. It went Naughty Dog, Eurocom, Traveler's Tale, Dimps, Radical Entertainment, Polar Bit, and now it's uh, Vicarious Visions. Oh shit! I didn't even realize it bounced around like that for some. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so that's was just the studios that uh, develop it, and then it's published sony then universal then vindindi then konami and now it's activism owns it for now yeah because it's actually it's it's technically no longer a playstation i don't think it was ever actually a full playstation exclusive mm. i think when it first came out it was because now now you associate naughty dog with just uh strictly playstation exclusives yes. but uh crash bandicoot is actually coming out on the xbox this summer the, yeah the it was, um i couldn't wait <laughs> I mean, I already have a PS4, so there's no real point for me to wait, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, if you are an Xbox-only gamer, do yourself a favor. Check out the remastered. 100%, 100% yeah. Especially if you played it back in the PS1 era. Absolutely. That's that's a t- that's. I got to be honest. It's I, We're not going to have any crossover with that, man, but uh, I was that was tough to keep on, not to keep out of my list as well. <laughs> All right, so what is your number four? Number four, it's a game I don't think a lot of people played or heard of, but I love this game so fucking much. Uh, did you ever hear of Gun for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox 360? Yes, yes. It's like the it's an old crossbones. As yes, yeah. yeah, and it has the the guns. It came out in 2005 for the PlayStation 2. Uh, you play at – oh, shit, I have to find it. I have to find his name, man, because it's, it's a solid old Western name. Oh, what the fuck's his name? What is his name? What is his name? Okay, it's not gonna tell me. Oh, Colton Cole White is his yes, is his name. Is a, you have other characters in there, sub as such as Soapy Jenkins, 
Tom Magruder, Ned White, Reverend Josiah Reed, Mayor Hoodoo Brown, which is like one of my favorite names, just Mayor Hoodoo, Hoodoo Brown. Mm. This game, you basically, you're playing in the Old West, and it's pre-Civil War, I believe, and you're in the Old West, there's Indians, there are other bad, bad guys as cowboys, and it's all set in, I think, Arizona. Yep. And the whole time, it's all set in the story where you're who you thought was your father the whole... This isn't a spoiler because it's revealed in, like, the first scene. Who you thought your father was the whole time was not actually your father, and it, you ended up diving into your past and into the region's past. It's very, very... It was, it was like, the first of its kind. I think this came out before Red Dead Revolver, mm-hmm. but it's very, very similar to Red Dead Redemption. It's all open world. You can collect, like, bounties and things like that. It actually has a slow-motion gunfight mode as well this game was so good i thought the story was really fucking good i highly highly recommend it sadly never came out for any remasters which surprised me because they actually ended up selling like a decent amount of copies for this yeah i actually it's so funny that you bring this game up because i have my original xbox like the original one and i have it for that so i'm gonna try to hopefully get some gameplay up there so people can kind of see it someday we maybe we can do a let's play together i was uh when I was researching this, I ended up going on YouTube and watching like the first like 25 minutes of gameplay, and it's so it's just so good. The graphics are so fucking bad now, yeah, but yeah. back then, back then, man, they were they were prime. This game was this game was so good. It was it was one of like the first story games I remember getting into and beating like the first like two days because mm-hmm. I just literally would not stop playing this game. Right. So number four for me, 2005's Gun. So keeping in the 2005, well, this came out in 2004, but Madden 2005 is my number four. Yes, Ray Ray Lewis is on the cover of this one, correct? Oh, yes. It was the first game to feature the hit stick, and it had an uh, an emphasis on the defensive gameplay, which is why they put Ray Lewis on the cover. Possibly the scariest middle linebacker to ever play the game. You don't want to give him a knife. (laughs) No, you do not. That's for the the sports fans. Our small Venn diagram of overlapping. No, he killed a guy and got away with it. But we're not a, we're not a political podcast. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Ray Lewis, man. Yeah, no, this game, this game, this game was sick. The hit stick was one of the most revolutionary things to sports video games because it changed everything. It's so much so that I am terrible at Madden on defense because I hit the hit stick like when I shouldn't. Right. So the hit stick is both a gift and a curse. <laughs> but yeah, this game, 2005 Madden. This game, this game, this is a great choice. This this was a very, very good game. And the year before this was actually Michael Vick. Yes, awesome. Which, which he was like a 99 everything in that game. So basically, if you played as the Falcons, you were going to get at least like 35 points with, with a Vick alone. Yeah, it's funny that uh, I feel like this particular era of um, PlayStation 2, Xbox, Madden's always had that one player who was just really OP and not yep. balanced, like Michael Vick. I think in 2005, Ricky Williams was a 99. Yeah. Just like he just ran over everybody and then outran anyone he didn't run over. Yeah. So it's just not fair to play with the Dolphins or the Falcons. So ridiculous. But this was really the last. Okay. I don't want to sound controversial, but Madden obviously tries. They put in a lot of stuff, but this was the last year they had direct competition with ESPN NFL 2K5 which would be an honorable mention for myself. So it was the last year where I feel like they were really trying to go above and beyond and not just stick to the status quo. 
They added a lot of customizable features for your franchise. They added a radio show in the menu. So you're going through, like, planning your lineups, doing stuff. You have this guy talking about various um, topics, and people will call in, just like regular sports radio. It was really just an amazing game, and a game that I can't be sure how long I played it, but it was probably like 200 hours worth. So you're kind of segueing me into this, but my number three is NFL 2K5. There we go. With Terrell Owens on the cover. Mm -hmm. This, to me, is hands down the best football game ever. Right, right. I know. uh, I love it, obviously. I played both of these games quite a bit. um, Because really, you know, you just can't have one game back then. So I was not not a Madden guy Mm -hmm. before this. 2K5 came out. T.O. was on the cover. It was all ESPN. So ESPN, you had all the ESPN rights for this. So they would do, uh, Chris Berman would do like a pregame show. And a halftime he would, show. And a halftime show. He would do highlights from, like, other games that the computer played. Mm-hmm. You would, like, see, like, physical, actual highlights. Yeah. In this one, you got to have a career mode where you got to have, like, an apartment and shit like that. Yeah. This game was so much fun. And then NFL uh, – Madden ended up buying all the NFL rights. Yes. And completely destroyed 2K. Because 2K is out there right now. Like, uh, 2K basketball is probably the best sport. Like, the best sports games out right now are not EA-related. Right. Because EA is an absolute dumpster fire, and all they care about is is, is money grabs. I'll, I'll, def- I'll defend FIFA. Oh, FIFA, yeah, but yeah, like FIFA is uh, just a universal great game, so almost like everybody knows how to play FIFA. Right. But outside of FIFA, like 2K basketball is probably my favorite sports game. I buy it every year. I play it nonstop all year long. MLB The Show, which is put out by Sony is hands down it's the only baseball game out there right now but it's probably the second best baseball it's probably the second best sports game out there overall i buy madden every year i bought madden the day it came out this year because i had tom brady on the cover of course it's the same shit every year and it has been for the past like five years yeah and i don't i don't know a single person who plays nba live because you're a psychopath if you do because 2k i I remember i bought 2015 version of that for like nine bucks Mm -hmm. it's a mess don't even get me started that roy I, bought, I ended up buying the Rory McIlroy Golf mm-hmm. on PlayStation because it was for like $5 with the right. plus, PlayStation Plus this month. And fuck, it's so bad. I regret spending the $5 because ESPN, like, I mean, EA, they literally just put out like a cash grab at this game because we didn't have a Tiger Woods game for so long. Um, yeah, and that sucks too. I don't think it's on either of our lists, but the Tiger Woods games are amazing. Very, very, very good, yeah. But uh, NFL... I'm not even a golf fan, but those games are fun. So much fun, especially on the Wii too, when you're actually swinging and stuff. That's so good. But NFL 2K5, this game was just this game was just perfect. I, it's the best football game to me mm-hmm. by far. It's sometimes our debatable is my favorite sports game ever because I just play this nonstop. And then I had no choice after 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 2K5 because that was that was it for this game. Uh, EA bought up all the NFL rights, yeah. and that, it was just Madden at that point out. But I really wish this game got more copies. I hope. At some point, EA gives up the NFL uh, copyright, if at all possible. I don't know if they'll renew it for the next, like, 100,000 years. I think I actually read something where it's basically until EA decides they don't want the NFL copyright anymore, which why would they do that? So I don't think we'll ever be getting another NFL 2K again, Mm -hmm. which makes this game twice as valuable. Yeah, and I'd I'd like to give an honorable mention along the lines. Mm -hmm. All Pro Football 2K very solid game yeah so nfl 2k5 the final nfl 2k game mm-hmm. hands down the best football game to me to on the cover 
like I said, you had the career moment, you had the apartment and all that, which was ahead of its time because that's what everyone's doing now. So NFL so, 2K5, man. That's so not a really interesting strategy because um, Madden was kind of so far ahead in terms of just mind space. Yeah. In terms of relevance, the undercut Madden by selling 2K5 for 19.99. That's right. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. strategy. And that is, I think, more than anything because it got it into yep. the hands of more people. The reason that EA was like, oh, we just need to buy the license right now. That's actually a great point. I do remember that. I remember the game was only like 20 bucks, and I think that's why I originally bought it. Because mm-hmm. what were games back then when they first came out brand new? Were they like 30 or 40? Yeah, they weren't They weren't uh, 60, that's for sure. So, yeah, I, I, that's a great point, Brian. I totally forgot that it sold for like 20 bucks, and it was such a steal because it was such a good game, too. So that's my number three for me. What do you got? Number three, uh, Agent Under Fire. This was the very first console video game i ever owned it is a james bond game and it's probably really shitty but to me it's just a really important game so i have a little bit, i have a little fun story about this game i love this game i love all uh, agent under fire and night fire though those the two james bond games those were fucking awesome right when i first i bought my first ps2 refurbished i believe like i got i think i got it like within the first two months it came out but i ended up like my mom ended up buying me like a refurbished Mm -hmm. one and for some reason in this system had a game in it when i bought it right and i bought it from gamestop and it had agent under fire in it so this was technically the first ps2 game i ever bought as well that's that's really crazy holy crap i had fun uh, the two ps2s i bought were refurbished and i ended up getting the ps2 slim later on because my other one broke Mm -hmm. and i had a game in that one too it was not agent under fire it was actually a bad company for battlefield so yeah it was like i don't understand if that's like a thing game stuff does but anyway yeah agent under fire was the very first game i got with my playstation 2 because it just happened to come in the system when my mom bought it yeah i think my parents were like uh we don't know anything about video games oh james bond okay yeah <laughs> i remember the opening of this one like you're sneaking into the lab and then you're finding and like you, you have to save like this wicked hot chick it was like so pure james bond yep. This game, this game was a lot of fun, and it had actually. I remember it had like a multiplayer mode in this as well. Yes. I remember playing. It was like a local co-op uh, mode as well. This game was this game was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it doesn't have the um, nostalgia of um, GoldenEye. I almost forgot the name. Oh man, uh, people love GoldenEye to this day. People don't talk about Agent Under Fire anymore. But like I said, to me, a very important game for me getting into video games in general so on to my number two which it took a lot not to make this my number one Mm -hmm. i was shocked to hear it wasn't on your list there might have been a game that came out in 2004 brian that you would have heard of called grand theft auto san andreas okay yep grand theft auto san andreas probably the most influential game to me my number one is one of my all-time favorite games, and so I had to keep it at number one because it's just it's a perfect game. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was the funnest game you could ever play. Right. I remember getting this as a kid, 2004. I was, so let's see, three, then you take, you subtract the two. I was 12 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. What year was I born? Yep, I was about 12. I was 11. I was 11. There we go. All right, there we go. 
this game, I remember renting it from Blockbuster to show you how old this game was. I remember renting it from Blockbuster the first time I got it. Mm. I don't think my mom knew what the hell it was. Definitely Because I, I played, uh, I played Grand Theft Auto 3 sneakily on my cousin's PlayStation whenever I went over his house. Yeah. And I would just, like, beat up prostitutes and, like, blow things up. As you do. So when this game came out, and this is when I used to get Game Informer once a month, so they were pushing this game hard on one of the Game Informer uh, issues. And so I was so excited for this, I rented it from Blockbuster, only had it for like two nights, and then eventually I coerced my mom to go out and buy it for me. Mm-hmm. This game, from start to end, is the perfect... It's so much fun. You play C.J. Johnson, like I assume everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. You have Ryder, Big Smoke... You have Officer Tenpenny, who's played by Samuel L. Jackson. James Wood makes an appearance in this game. You're playing in, like, the 1990s San, San, uh, Los Santos, sorry, is which is which is Los Angeles. Mm. I, this this game, this is, I think, the most influential game. My first one, like I said, is, is my all, one of my all-time favorites, so I had to put it in number one. Mm. But this game was so much fun. It's I actually just played it recently because you can now buy it on the PlayStation Network for like ten bucks. Right. This game, it's just it ages well. Obviously, the graphics don't, but it's just so much fun. It's you're in 1992, Los Angeles. It's just so fucking good, and you eventually try get to travel to. I don't remember what they call Las Vegas. I think it's Las Venturas. Mm. And you basically just go all around the state of San Andreas. It's just so good. And you're you're playing as the Crips, the Bloods, which the there's the Grove Street Gang, and then there's the Ballers, and then you have like the, all the gang feuds. This game is just so fucking good. I'm actually like, I, there's just so much to talk about with this that I can't cover at all. I think uh, my parents definitely bought into the. Uh media coverage of the time they did not allow me to get gta yeah basically if you played this game you were gonna like kill everyone right right yeah and yeah it's crazy because that's definitely not what people are talking about these days they're definitely over the whole video games cause violence thing well there was actually like i think i think like uh trump just had a yeah, meeting yeah, no, that's what I... oh yeah and he, he shit <laughs> this fucking game is just so good dude uh, if you have not if you never played san andreas you missed out on life so I don't know any other way to put it. This game was just. I have played it since, but they didn't let me play it when I was a kid. So that is my number two, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. So mine is funny. I originally had Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy Advance here, but then last second I remembered another game, and very important, MVP Baseball 2005. Is Mayor Ramirez on the cover of this game? Oh yes. Yes. This game is one of my all-time favorite baseball games all-time favorite sports games it hit you know 2005 which is like a good year for me in terms of playing sports video games as it were i owned this game for the ps2 the original xbox and the psp that's how much i liked it um and just wherever i went with that psp i could be playing mvp baseball uh i don't know what else to say it's just so good i like this game a lot this is this this was like the baseball game right before the show ended up, started to come out. This game was very very good. It was done by uh, EA Sports. Mm-hmm. I remember Manny, Manny Ramirez was on the cover of 2005. I think Randy Johnson was on the cover of 2004. Yeah. Yeah. This game was very very good. This is one of this is like the last. I think this was I think this was the last MVP baseball MVP game. Baseball game was, before the MVP 2006. before the show took over. Yeah. So no, this is a great pick. This is this is in my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. 
So very, very good. Yeah, MVP Baseball 2005. Manny, Manny being Manny, man. Oh, man, it's, it's a great time, too, because for us, obviously, as Red Sox fans, um, Trevor just pissed off half of the country by admitting to being Red Sox fans, but that's quite all right. Um, well, don't speak for me. I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan. Oh, sorry, Dylan. Jesus Christ. Jesus so you're Christ. you're a Patriots fan and a Yankees fan, and I'm a Dolphins fan and a Red Sox fan. So we're you're, like the, the you're like the ultimate scumbag with those <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, so sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, anyways, this was like it came out right after the Red Sox won the World Series, so it was mm-hmm. like all it was all hype. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's my number two. Dylan, what is your number one? My number one. This is a series everyone has heard of. A series that has gone in the wrong direction. But the first game is one of the greatest games ever. September 1998, a little game called Metal Gear Solid came out on the PlayStation. came out worldwide later on in that year. This is top three games for me. It's very arguably top one all-time games for me. Hideo Kojima was still with Konami and created this masterpiece called Metal Gear Solid. Which, in the Metal Gear Solid timeline, this is called the Shadow Moses incident. Incident, excuse me. But this game is a perfect video game. You play a solid snake. At the time, at the time, I guess there was there was games that came out before this Metal Gear Solid that were in the Metal Gear story arc. But this is obviously the first time I ever heard anything Metal Gear. You play a solid snake. You're at Shadow Moses, which is in Alaska, if I remember correctly. Okay. It's being it's a base that was taken over by terrorists, and it's a game. It was one of the first games I ever played where it had like 20 minute long cutscenes, cinematic cutscenes. This is probably the first game I remember having cinematic cutscenes. Yeah, well, that's where, the thing about Kojima. He's just he's like such a visionary. He was just such sent- like a filmmaker as well as like a game maker. He basically made like movie interactive movies mm. where you would be playing for like a solid thirty minutes, then you get like a fifteen minute cutscene, and then you'd be playing for like another like thirty minutes, and you get like another fifteen minute cutscene. Right. This game, this game is just so good. It starts out you stall, like I said, the terrorists take over this base, uh, Shadow Moses. You solid snake. You have to sneak in from the very start. This game isn't about a shoot 'em up. It's actually literally you have to sneak around. Yeah. It's a self game. It's just so good. Things that come in, like when you're battling Psycho Mantis, you actually phys- you need the actual physical copy to Metal Gear Solid because you had to look on the back to be able to see how to beat Psycho Mantis. So crazy. Uh, and I think you actually, I think there was no way you could beat this game unless you had a memory card as well. Mm. It was it was something like that where you need like a memory card because at, at one point you would die no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you need a memory card to bring you back. I remember there's a scene in this game where you're being tortured, so you actually had to keep hitting certain buttons while you're being tortured, or else, literally, if you were defeated in the torture, one character would die. If you beat the torture, this character would not die. And it actually had ramifications to the ending of the game. This game, honestly, was so far ahead of its time to me, but it was... Even at the even at the time when it came out, it was it was unbelievable. I remember playing this with my grandfather. My grandfather uh, played a lot of video games. He was only about like fifty something when this game came out. Right. He played this hardcore, and I remember just watching him and just being so taken back with how good this was. And eventually, when it was my turn to take over and play the game, mm-hmm. I was just so blown away. 
it's just it's just it's just it's a perfect game. If you've never played the Metal Gear Solid franchise, you're really missing out. You're not missing out on Metal Gear Survive because like fuck that game. But Metal Gear Solid, it's just so good. I, the fact that there's never been a remaster to come out on current gen, you know, you can't ask for every game to be remastered. And, I'm, and this game was just so fucking good. That's just that's all I can say about it because I don't want to give away spoilers and go into the story. Maybe one day I will, but. Metal Gear Solid, hands down the number one game of my childhood. I played this game because back then PS2 was backwards compatible with PlayStation 1 games, so you can put it on there. This is one of the first games I had as well that had uh, multiple discs. Mm -hmm. So at one point you got so far, there was so much content uh, for a PlayStation 1 game that there literally was two discs to it. Right. So my number one, Metal Gear Solid, man, it's, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Can't argue with that. Um, so my number one, the game that probably started it all in terms of my video game love and indirectly helped start this channel because if I hadn't gotten as into video games, it never would have happened. Um, Pokemon Crystal Version. Ooh, it's interesting that you picked a Crystal Version. It was the first one I ever got. The first Pokemon game I ever actually owned myself and didn't just play on other people's. What uh? What what's it? What 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 Game Boy did you have it for? I had it for the purple Game Boy Color. You know, like the CG yep. one. Yep. That was the first video game anything I owned. Wow. And yeah. So this is the sequel to the Pokemon Red and Blue, and it is the actually it's like the half sequel to Gold and Silver, where they kind of make like a. One version of the game with like all the Pokemon in it, and then some extra yep. stuff. Yeah, they do this. I don't know if they still are doing this, but they definitely used to do it with every uh, iteration. You know, red, blue, and then yellow, mm. gold, silver, crystal, and uh, I just I couldn't get enough of it. I got addicted to Pokemon, and even to this day, like anytime a new Pokemon game comes out, I buy it day one and once. Oh. A mainline Pokemon game gets announced for the Switch. I will be getting a Switch and getting that game. I'm gonna have to agree with you with that Switch comment that if a Pokemon game comes out for the Switch that's similar to the original Pokemon games, mm. count me in, dude. Count me in to pay like whatever money is. Yeah, I'm not doing this. this fighting. Like people are like, oh, there's a Pokemon fighting game. Man, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, if I'm gonna get a fighting game, it's gonna be Super Smash Bros. Like, I'm not about that. I just want to play. Pokemon, I want to get gems, or beat gems, get badges, beat the Elite Four. So my very first experience with Pokemon was Pokemon Yellow mm. on the Game Boy Color. Right. Which, I had the green one. I Yeah, I had, the, I had like the neon green one. Yep. And I remember, this also led into my first act of, of theft in my <laughs> life, where I beat Pokemon Yellow and I was like this game so fucking much that my cousin had Pokemon Blue. Mm -hmm. So one day over his house, I decided to steal Pokemon Blue. Oh, man. And like one or two weeks went by before somebody finally figured out it was me that did it. <laughs> and I got yelled at. Uh, but joke was on them because I had already beaten Pokemon Blue by the time I had been figured out. But yeah, dude, the original the original Pokemon games on Game Boy, they, those those that was pokemon for me the tv show was great the card collecting was great but the pokemon games were so so fucking good yeah and something i loved about this um series the gold silver crystal series is once you beat the johto 
um, gym leaders, you could go back and fight the Kanto mm-hmm. gym leaders. And mm-hmm. I think after that, they're like, oh, if we keep doing this, no one will ever buy older games. So maybe we, uh, maybe we don't do that anymore. But it just added like a whole nother level to the game. No, you could just keep playing for hours. Was Pokemon Crystal? Did they come out before or after the Pokemon movie? Um, it came out in two thousand and one, so I do believe I, it was after Pokemon. I think it was after because who who was the wicked power? Was it Mewtwo? Was the wicked powerful Pokemon from that movie? Yes, Mew and Mewtwo. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was like a big game change in the Pokemon universe too. Was once Mew and Mewtwo came out. Yeah, Brian, that's that's a very I can't even debate that number one, man. That, that's the Pokemon games. That was that's the essential like games from our childhood. I, I, same thing with Grand Theft Auto. I, I there was not a lot of people I knew that didn't play this game. Yeah, no, same. And so I guess that wraps it up. What honorable mentions did you have that you want to just you know Those give sips. a little shout out? Sit back. So the first one I have that I'm actually shocked neither of us ended up putting on our list is Mario 64 from the right. Nintendo 64. I know I you said that. Yeah, you cool. never had a 64. Mario 64 for, for me, that's like that should be an also in like everyone's top 5. Mm-hmm. I'm ashamed it's not mine, but I had the fortunate ability to play a shitload of games when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So we have Mario 64. I actually have uh Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, which uh, is essentially pod game. it was basically pod racing, but it, it was a different like map every time you did it. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Crash Bandicoot PS1, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for PC. I actually, this almost made my top five. This this game was actually really good too. Came out right when Sorcerer's Stone came out. Uh, pivotal Harry Potter fever at the at the time. And this was one of the first games I actually remember playing throughout and beating. Yeah. And you're you're playing the Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone story like story. And you just have a few different side missions. You get to go throughout Hogwarts. You get to play in Quidditch matches and things like that. Very, very good. Um, after that, I have NCAA Football 06, okay, which awesome. this was the first game with NCAA Football and Madden where you created a player in NCAA Football and they would transition over to Madden. So if you played quarterback for Notre Dame and you were like a 99 overall, when you went over to Madden, you'd be a quarterback from Notre Dame with like a 72 overall. Yeah, exactly. It's so ridiculous. It was <laughs> I was so like, bad. I won like the fucking Heisman all four years I played and I went to the Madden and I got drafted in like the third round. Oh my God. Uh, and you remember the better you, this is the first game where you had like the, the career mode. And so you had like your own dorm, which was like the, the lobby for each mode. And the better your player got, the hotter your girlfriend got. Oh, so like you start out with, life. you start out with like, this like this not attractive woman who's like chewing on like a a bale of hay or something like that. No. And then the further you get up, the more attractive the game gets. It's very very shallow, but also like hey, probably well, true. Just, uh, just ask Andrew Luck how that works. <laughs> <laughs> His girlfriend's amazing looking, and he is not. No, oh, he yeah he looks like he looks like like a poor Abe Lincoln. Right. <laughs> After that, I have Medal of Honor Frontline for PS2. Okay. This is actually one of the one of the first PS2 games I got after Agent Under Fire, and it is based on World War II. You actually have to storm the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, and that's like the opening scene of this game. Completely blew me away. Spider-Man 2 for the PS2, another very very oh, good God, game. Yes, so good. Open world. That game is so fucking good. Uh, one that also almost made my top five: Shadow uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire for Nintendo 64. All right. 
So a little backstory on this is one of the first games I had for Nintendo 64, and I was a big Star Wars fan back then, even only being five years old. Mm -hmm. And this was, you played as a guy who actually I just found out is a canon character in the current Star Wars universe, surprisingly. But his name is Dash Rendar. Mm -hmm. And you're playing in all the pivotal moments of Star Wars, but you're like doing side shit in those moments. So the game starts out where you're on Hoth and you're escaping Hoth and you actually ended up needing to jump in a speeder to take down uh, the the AT-ATs. You're that guy guy that helps tow cable. I like that. Uh, You eventually, you link up with like Luke Skywalker. Mm. You have to like, you get into like a sniping battle with Boba Fett. Mm. It was one of these things where like if you go onto the open, Boba Fett basically just drops you like immediately. So it actually took a little bit of strategy. You interact with like Han Solo and things like that. You at some point eventually get onto the Millennium Falcon. In the game, it was it takes place all in between uh, Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm. Uh, so fucking good. This game was in my top five. It was tough not to, but it's been so long since I played it. But the backstory, anyway, is that when I, I think I eventually got my PS2, I still had my N64, but I wasn't playing it at all. Mm. And the games I still have for N64 were like Super Mario, GoldenEye, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire... Pokemon Snap. Uh, I think I had like NHL. Yep. So my mom eventually just got rid of my N64 like one day when I was at school because I just never played it. I think she ended up like giving it to like my cousin at first and then my cousin ended up breaking it. But the games that came with that were I had GoldenEye, Shadows of the Empire, and Mario 64. GoldenEye I think is worth like $500 right now on eBay. (laughs) Shadows of the Empire I think is like something like $700 on eBay right now. Oh, God. Oh no! Uh, original Mario 64. So yeah, my mom basically taught, tossed away like a small fortune. Oh, man. But it's also revisionist history because you had no idea at the time what no. it was going to be no, worth. No, no, no. Uh, those are my honorable mentions. Uh, it's it. There were. This was really fun to research. Mm-hmm. It was. It was really tough to settle on a game top five. I moved a lot of things around a lot. Really, the only I things see. that was, the only things that were solid were Grand Theft Auto, Metal Gear, mm-hmm. solid. Other than that, everything got moved around. But uh, this was fun. I like doing this research thing. So the next next top five we do, uh, as we're slowly piecing together our uh, identity with this podcast, uh, I really hope to keep diving into things like video games and things like that and keep doing top fives. Absolutely. I have a couple of games I just want to mention. 2K5, I'm glad you put it on the list because I didn't. Um, great game. Then I want to mention The Revenge of the Sith. Uh, PS. Another great game. That is a fucking great call. That is a really fun game. And it had like a really awesome mode where it was like a versus mode. Yep. Yep. Which and I then don't know if they should make like a game like that now. It also had an alternate ending where in the ending you could end yeah, up killing kill the emperor. Kill Obi Wan, you kill the emperor, and you just take over the universe. That's how the game ends. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> then uh, Dino Stalker, probably the worst game ever, but. Holds a special place in my heart as one of the first Stalgia, games I've yep. played. Yep. <laughs> um, NFL Game Day 2004 by 989 Sports with LT on the cover. No one ever talks about that game. One of the first games where you could pick to play in any Super Bowl. So you could. Oh, just, is that right? I yeah, didn't know when that. you did play now, you could just go into an alternate menu and pick. You could play, you could change the weather, do all that stuff, and then you could decide to play on a field. Um, with like any Super Bowl logo on it, yep. and then you play it in that stadium. You could play on Mars, mm-hmm. uh, which is really ridiculous, really fun um, game back then. 
Let's see, what else? What am I missing? Um, yeah, I guess just uh, just a, a lot of sports games. I wasn't like a real gamer back then, I guess you would say. But I didn't play a lot of like the story games or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the biggest story game I played was Jack and Dexter. Another great pick. Uh, yeah, yeah, which I think is actually getting a remaster as well. Speaking Ooh. of Naughty Dog, that's another Naughty Dog game. Yes, Naughty Dog, bringing it. All right, so that is, those are all my honorable mentions. This is Ryan and Dylan Take Over, Take On the World. You want to say Take Over, but it's Take On the World. It's all right. It's all right, man. Let's just end on a high note. We love you guys. See you next week.